0: What do the Donald, Martha Stewart, Jay Leno and Bill Clinton have in common. You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Dr. Teitelbaum has dedicated his career to researching, developing, and teaching about effective treatment for all types of pain. He is a board-certified internist, lectures internationally, is the medical director of the Fibromyalgia and Fatigue Centers, based in Dallas, Texas, and the author of From Fatigued to Fantastic. Dr. Teitelbaum, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable.
1: Susan, it's great to be with you.
0: What happens when we sleep?
1: Well, sleep is not a waste of time. It's a critical part of our repair and regeneration cycle. It's also when the mind processes information and stores it in ways that make it available for memory in the future and also makes sense out of it. So if you don't get proper sleep, people are going to find that they're not just fatigued, but there will be several other problems. Research has shown that if you sleep-deprive somebody for several days, they will usually develop widespread achiness and pain. Many of us saw this when we were residents being woken up constantly and being on for 48- to 72-hour shifts. In addition, growth hormone production occurs predominantly during sleep. In fact, the three main ways to increase growth hormone production would be sleep, exercise, and sex and all three of these have been shown to leave people feeling healthier and younger. So what happens if people don't sleep in addition to fatigue and pain is that they age prematurely and they put on excess weight. Research has shown that if you get inadequate sleep, you're 30% more likely to become obese.
0: How much sleep does our body need?
1: Our body needs usually 8 to 9 hours sleep a night on average. If one goes back 100 years ago, And looking in JAMA, the average night's sleep in the United States was nine hours a night. And then what happened is we developed light bulbs, radio, television, computers, and we're now down to less than six and three-quarters hour of sleep a night. Now, this is like taking a 30% pay cut as far as your body is concerned. And it leads not just to increased pain and fatigue, but also to immune dysfunction, as well as to the weight gain and all the other problems that come with poor sleep. What I would note, however, is that everybody is different in terms of the amount of sleep they need. So if you have a patient who feels healthy, leave them alone. Their body is happy with what's going on. But if they have fatigue or pain, or they want to lose weight and they can't, getting them their eight to nine hours sleep becomes critical. If a patient feels great, leave them alone. What they're doing is working. One of the studies that are, that Uh, I was referring to in JAMA, the study was on how some geniuses feel that they only need four to five hours sleep a night and can do great. So there is some basis historically for feeling that the Martha Stewart's and the Bill Clinton's and the rest may not need as much sleep as the rest of us.
0: How common is insomnia?
1: Well, the current data is that 70 million Americans are suffering from disordered sleep. This includes not just insomnia, but also restless leg syndrome, Obstructive sleep apnea, and upper airway resistance syndrome. And these cause major difficulties. If you look at auto accidents, a major cause of auto accidents in this country would be people falling asleep at the wheel. And falling asleep at the wheel is a key symptom of obstructive sleep apnea, which is not difficult to treat. You just simply need to know to look for it.
0: Why is insomnia so common?
1: What's happening is that as we have increased stress in our country, we have decreased energy production that's occurring and increased energy drains on our body. When this happens, the area that uses the most energy for its size begins to malfunction first. And looking at mitochondrial myopathies, we find that hypothalamic dysfunction is a key symptom of energy crisis occurring in the body. The hypothalamus is the center for sleep. So when we have a drop in energy production, be it from excess stress, poor nutrition, or any of a host of problems, one of the first things that happens is that people will develop insomnia and their sleep will go down. This is a critical point where the physician needs to intervene because if this is ignored, it will progress to chronic pain and often to chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia.
0: How do you know so much about insomnia?
1: Well, I had chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia back in 1975 in medical school. There are a number of severe situational stresses in my life. I was paying my own way through school and finished college in about two and a half years, rolling through med school. I was the second youngest in the class of 300, and I figured I could finish med school in two and a half, three years as well. That was the easy part, but I got caught as a mediator in a family crisis during some major insanity, got a viral infection, what I call the drop-dead flu, and it triggered chronic fatigue syndrome. It actually knocked me out of med school and left me homeless for the year. And one of the key symptoms, in fact, the hallmark of chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, is when you see the paradox of the patient being exhausted and unable to sleep because of the hypothalamic dysfunction. So I went through all of this myself, and part of getting my health back was learning how to effectively treat sleep.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author of From Fatigued to Fantastic, Discussing Insomnia. Dr. Teitelbaum, how were you treated when you were diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome?
1: Very poorly. (laughs) Most people who have chronic fatigue syndrome find that their physicians are simply not trained in the illness. And even in medical school, back then they didn't even have a name for it. The professors knew that I had a major viral syndrome. You could see it with the atypical lymphocyte counts being over 20% and, and the other changes, but they couldn't isolate it. And six weeks later, when it persisted, they presumed that I was just depressed or whatever. And most people with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia have not yet been given the correct diagnosis. And in fact, this is such an important problem that the CDC is spending $6 million this year advertising to physicians to get the information out that, one, these are very real and devastating diseases. And most doctors already know that chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia are real and devastating. There's just a few slackers out there who are, have yet to catch up with being in the 21st century. But also, that these can now be effectively treated, at least symptomatically. We may not have a cure, but my double blind study shows 91% of patients can improve by treating sleep as well as hormonal, infection, and nutritional factors.
0: What natural remedies do you recommend for insomnia?
1: For insomnia, there are many natural remedies that are outstanding. Uh, theanine from green tea is excellent, it stimulates the GABA system and helps even maintain deep sleep. Wild lettuce, Jamaican dogwood, valerian, it would be some others, passion flower. The easy way to do this, all six herbs that I find are my favorites for sleep, can be found in a product called the Revitalizing Sleep Formula. It's available in most health food stores. Many doctors carry it in their office. They buy it wholesale from Integrative Therapeutics, and if somebody wants to contact me, I can put them in in contact with the company. But health food stores, my website, easy to find online, uh, vitality101.com would be a good place for people to get it. In addition, melatonin. But half a milligram is all that most people need, not the standard 3-milligram dose. And taking calcium and magnesium at bedtime would be very important and can also be helpful. In addition, we need to look at uh, sleep hygiene. Taking a hot bath before bedtime helps, but you want to keep the room cool at night. Exercising within two, three hours before bedtime can disrupt sleep. Exercise earlier in the day. Uh, Avoid caffeine in the evenings. Avoid excess alcohol near bedtime as well. So my book, From Fatigue to Fantastic, will go through sleep problems and how to treat them naturally in depth, but also go into sleep hygiene in depth as well.
0: How do you respond to the skeptics of natural remedies?
1: Well, it's funny. You have some people who say, well, if you take vitamins, they just go out in your urine, so all you're doing is making expensive urine. And they say this ignoring literally thousands of studies. And again, for those of you who are interested in some of the research on the importance, say, of, of vitamins and minerals, Email me, and I will be happy to go ahead. If you go to my website at vitality101.com, there's a Q&A section. I'll be happy to send you an article that's in my upcoming book that has over 100 references on that, and there's literally thousands. But for those who say you're just taking, making expensive urine, I have advice. Stop drinking water. All you do is pee it out. And therefore, those people who are just getting in the way of people getting healthy can stop drinking water, and then they'll stop annoying all these people that are out there working hard on making themselves healthy. What prescription
0: remedies do you recommend?
1: For sleep, it's important to not use most benzodiazepines because they force people into light stage two sleep. And what most people are missing are the stage three, four deep sleep. I like Ambien. I find that to be an excellent medication for my patients and very safe in the long term. Uh, Lunesta has been a bit of a bomb. Roserum. there's not a single study showing it to be any more effective than melatonin. It's simply 3 dollars 5 as opposed to 15 cents for it being exactly as effective. But in addition, medications like trazodone at 25 to 50 milligrams at bedtime, flexural if they have pain, 5 milligrams at bedtime, and there's a host of others. Uh, if for those who would like, on my website, if they click on treatment protocol and scroll down to sleep remedies, there will be a list of both natural and prescription medications that are helpful. I do avoid, though, things like dolmaine and halcyon because, again, those benzodiazepines force people into light sleep. If you have somebody who's addicted to the benzodiazepines, you can't switch them to Xanax or Clonopin because those are less disruptive of deep sleep. What is your website address? It's www.vitality101.com.
0: How does restless leg syndrome contribute to insomnia?
1: What happens basically is your legs are jumping all night, and it's as if the patient is running a marathon while they're sleeping. So what happens is that the person sleeping all night, but they wake up exhausted. The main treatment for restless leg syndrome is not ReQuip. I do not use that on my patients. That's another example of basically the newest, most expensive medication, getting a lot of drug money behind it. To treat restless leg syndrome, first treat the iron deficiency. And again, do not use normal ranges. You want ferritin to be at least 40 to 50 and the iron percent saturation to be 22% or more. That will eliminate restless leg syndrome in a very large percent of patients. Of course, if you have iron deficiency anemia, you also have to work up the cause of it in the patients. But again, keep the ferritin over 40 and drive it up. Iron taken every other day, or for three weeks on and one week off, will actually decrease side effects and increase the absorption. In addition, medications like neuratin, Planopin, and clinically, even the Ambien and Ultram will be very effective for restless leg syndrome, and we suspect that Lyrica, which is an excellent new medication for pain in fibromyalgia for neuropathic pain, will also probably be helpful for restless leg syndrome and is very helpful for sleep as well.
0: What causes it?
1: It's a dopamine deficiency in the brain. And the iron is critical in the areas of the brain that make dopamine. The reason the substantia nigra is black is because of the iron within those tissues. So normalizing dopamine function is a key part treating restless like syndrome.
0: Do you see it in one group of patients more than another?
1: Fibromyalgia patients are especially prone to it, with over a third of patients with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia having restless like syndrome. But basically, although a sleep study is helpful, a much simpler thing to do is to simply ask their bed partner if they get kicked around at night, if the patient's legs are jumping through the night, or else have them videotape themselves where they just set up a camera and aim it at their feet going up to their heads and then hit record and go to sleep because they'll see if their legs are jumping and they'll also see if they have periods where they stop breathing after snoring, and that's a good test for sleep apnea. What it will not screen for is upper airway resistance syndrome, which mimics chronic fatigue syndrome, but in these patients they will be snoring. So if the patient has daytime fatigue and they snore or their legs jump, That's the time to send them for a sleep study.
0: Dr. Teitelbaum, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss insomnia. My pleasure, Susan. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.